Thank you for watching NTD Business coming up tonight. Twitter CEO Elon Musk releases the so-called Twitter files. We take a look at the workings behind the censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop story. China's ongoing COVID lockdowns are pushing away Apple. It's planning to move more production out of the country. And if your workplace is forcing woke ideologies on you, we have some ways that you can protect yourself. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here. Twitter CEO Elon Musk and journalist Matt Tybee have unveiled the so-called Twitter files. Documents show the workings behind Twitter executives suppressing the New York Post Hunter Biden laptop story, which happened in the early weeks leading up to the 2020 presidential election. NTD's Daniel Monahan has the story. On October 14, 2020, the New York Post published the Biden secret email story. According to the emails, Hunter Biden introduced his father, vice president at the time, to a top executive at a Ukrainian energy firm. Less than a year later, Biden allegedly pressured government officials in Ukraine to fire a prosecutor who was investigating that company. The meeting is mentioned in a thank you message reportedly sent by Burisma Energy Firm Board Advisor Vadim Pozharsky to Hunter Biden. This about a year after Hunter joined the Burisma Board at a salary of up to $50,000 a month. Other material from the laptop includes a video that appears to show Hunter smoking crack cocaine and sexually explicit images and video. Taibi published the so-called Twitter files in a thread on his Twitter account. The tweets contained communications among Twitter employees on how to excuse their decision to censor the Hunter Biden report. One email dated October 24, 2020 appears to show a Twitter executive sharing a list of five tweets allegedly identified by people from the Biden campaign. Taibi wrote, by 2020, requests from connected parties to delete tweets were routine. One executive would write to another, more to review from the Biden team. The reply would come back, handled. Internet entrepreneur Kim.com asked Elon Musk about the matter in a live Twitter space chat. One uh, file that was released, it was even uh, called the Biden team contacting uh, Twitter. I mean, that is uh, election interference, isn't it? If Twitter is doing one team's bidding before an election, shutting down dissenting voices um, on a pivotal election, that is the very definition of election interference. To suppress the Hunter Biden report, Twitter executives marked it as unsafe, limiting its spread, and blocked it from being directly shared via the platform's direct message function. Taibi noted that such extreme restrictions were reserved for content such as child pornography. Messages between Twitter executives show some confusion, with one executive writing, quote, I'm struggling to understand the policy basis for marking this as unsafe. Frankly, Twitter was acting like an arm of the Democratic National Committee. It was absurd. For sharing the Biden laptop report, then-White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany was locked out of her account. Musk commented on the media's response to the Twitter files. Well, they've tried to turn it into a nothing burger because they were complicit in deceiving the American public. Representative James Comer says the Twitter staff involved will face questioning. Here's Comer on Fox News. Every employee at Twitter who was involved in suppressing the Hunter Biden laptop story will have an opportunity to come before Congress and explain their actions to the American people. Musk wrote he had also seen a lot of concerning tweets about the recent Brazil election. He wrote, if those tweets are accurate, it's possible that Twitter personnel gave preference to left-wing candidates. 
Meanwhile, Donald Trump reacted to the Twitter file saying, a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Musk said a second episode of the Twitter files would be released soon. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. In the interview on Twitter over the weekend, Elon Musk, who calls himself a free speech absolutist, he said what's happening with the censorship is, quote, an export of the moral framework of San Francisco to Earth. And now with the Twitter files release, he hopes to clean the slate and make Twitter a place where people can get unfiltered truth. And Disney has announced a closing date for the iconic Splash Mountain ride. It's part of a rewrap after elements of the attraction were criticized for supposedly being racist. Splash Mountain has been a staple at several Disney theme parks for decades. The one at Walt Disney World in Florida will close in January 2023, according to Disney Parks blog. Disney has yet to announce the date to close another ride in California. The Splash Mountain ride draws on the film Song of the South, a controversial film with a storyline that's been accused of being racist. Following the death of George Floyd in 2020, Disney said it'll re-theme the attraction with a more progressive framework. Disney CEO Bob Iger has said before that he felt the Song of the South was not appropriate in today's world. He recently returned to lead the company after Disney posted disappointing sales. A job services company is taking the initiative to help protect employees from woke policies in the workplace. The company, Red Balloon, has released an employee bill of rights and responsibilities. This is a free legal resource that provides American workers and companies with a clear understanding of employee rights when dealing with woke discrimination in the workplace. The founder and CEO of Red Balloon says that across the country, thousands of conservative Americans have reported work discrimination because of their privately held beliefs. He said that some have even lost their jobs due to pressure from activist colleagues. He said that non-woke employees should make clear that they cannot be forced to go through training or workplace celebrations that violate their personal consciences. So this is how Red Balloon works. The company... Companies requesting access to Red Balloon's job board are encouraged to take a pledge to not discriminate against employees over their private opinions, violate their constitutional rights, or invade their medical privacy. As of late October, at least 2,100 employees had signed the anti-woke pledge to protect their workers from retaliation. And earlier, I had the pleasure of speaking to the CEO of Red Balloon. Here he is. Great to have you on the show, Andrew. Now, the first thing I like to ask you is, what is this employee bill of rights and what is its purpose? Yeah, thanks so much, Don. I really appreciate it. So um, the Employee Bill of Rights is a tool. We hope it's a tool that a lot of Americans will use um, to understand what their rights are at work. This wokeness in the workplace is sapping the joy out of so many employees and really destroying the American workplace today. And so if you know where you can stand up at work, where you can't stand up at work and where you're going to get in a lawsuit or where you're not going to get in a lawsuit, then you're going to have the freedom to be able to know where you can push back in the workplace. It is five rights and five responsibilities that every employee should know what their rights are. And that way, when you're asked to go to DEI training or CRT training, or you're asked about a vaccine mandate, you know how to push back, you know the right way to push back, uh, where we should stand our ground, um, and where we just need to, uh, you know, stand up for our rights. So now, 
you mentioned wokeness in the workplace. What kind of wokeness are, are you seeing here? Yeah, so um, it has been shocking over the last, um, it's really about the last 15 years that we've seen the left, the wokeness uh, creep into the workplace. I'll give you a couple of examples. I was talking to a lady at Microsoft and she had an American flag for her background for Teams. She was a vice president and she was told by the HR department, you know what, that is triggering to other employees because it's a sign of white supremacy. The American flag, right? This wokeness in the workplace is what redballoon.work is pushing back against the employee bill of rights this is a free tool and if you go to redballoon.work slash bill we want american workers to have the knowledge to be brave because if they do that um, we're gonna have a better country and andrew just briefly for our viewers what are some of the rights of workers according to this uh, employee bill of rights yeah, so there's a couple of them that are pretty intuitive, like you have the right to be paid. And you'd say, well, of course I have the right to be paid, but there was a lot of people who had wages removed from them or kept from them during the COVID mandates, where they actually said, look, if you don't do the this, we're not gonna pay you. Well, you have a right for that and you will win that lawsuit. One that might be shocking to a lot of Americans, or at least conservatives, is you have the right to organize. And you say, well, organize, that sounds like labor. Do we really want to have labor unions? And the answer is, well, labor unions were originally formed for workers to have protection against corporations that were trying to take advantage of them. But today, the HR department is who we need protection from. The HR has unfortunately become kind of the epicenter of the woke cancer in a lot of these companies. And so as employees, you need to know that you can get together after work and say, you know what, we're going to sign a petition that we don't want a mask mandate. We don't want a vaccine mandate. We don't want DEI training. You're allowed to do that. You're covered by law. And if you push back in that way, um, the company has to listen to you and they're not allowed to penalize you for that. Um, you will be empowered in that moment. And so those are the type of things that we want American workers to know so that they respond and act in a brave and courageous way. So I have to raise a concern here, Andrew. Now, if you go against some of these woke policies, if you stand up against them, perhaps you might not get fired, as you mentioned, workers have rights, but you could get on the wrong side of your employer, and your employer certainly could make your life a lot harder at work because of this. Is there something that can protect workers against that? Yeah, um, I actually was talking to a fired up Texas lawyer. He's a guy that's actually um, the uh, his handle is fired up Texas lawyer. And he said, you are more protected by law when you're brave and come out as a conservative, because be aware, the woke people in your corporation, they know that you're the conservative because you're not getting excited about DEI or you're not getting excited about Gay Pride Month. So they know you're the conservative already and they're already limiting your career because of that. But if you come out and are brave and courageous and say, you know what, I go to church on Sunday or you know what, I would like to not go to that DEI training, here's my religious exemption. When you do that, you're now more protected by law than you were before because now you're in a position where you've come out publicly and now if they hold back your career, now if they make your life miserable it is discrimination but if you just try and keep your head down and don't do anything try and not let anybody know who you are well then if you're discriminated against which you probably are there's nothing you can do about it because you can't point to an event where you were actually courageous so it is actually a protection to be brave in the workplace and that's why we want americans to know about the employee bill of rights and responsibilities
Yeah, it's a very serious issue, but thank you for talking to me about it today. Andrew Krapuchet, CEO at Red Balloon, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. Have a great day. And now to China. As protests against virus restrictions continue in some parts of China, some cities start to ease virus curbs. But many other restrictions are still in place. Olivia Chan reports. This video showing workers in Beijing removing a testing booth went viral on Chinese social media on Friday. China looks to make its zero-COVID policy more targeted amid a sharp economic slowdown and public frustration that has boiled over into unrest. Many testing booths in Beijing have been shut as the capital stops demanding negative test results as a condition to enter places such as supermarkets. However, many other venues, including offices, still require testing. The line went from one end of the street to the other. We walked for seven or eight minutes to get to the end of the line. The southern city of Shenzhen announced it would no longer require people to show a negative COVID test result to use public transport or enter parks, following similar moves by Chengdu and Tianjin. Despite China fine-tuning its COVID policy this week, protests in some cities continued. Police in cities like Shanghai have been checking commuters' phones for apps or virtual private network software that protesters used to communicate. It's according to protesters and social media posts. Meanwhile, China's strong COVID restrictions are hurting Apple's profits. Anonymous sources say Apple is now ramping up plans to leave the country. While many countries have ramped down COVID restrictions, China still has strong quarantine, lockdown and daily PCR tests. Large groups of loud protesters are even risking their lives by criticizing the Chinese Communist Party and calling for Xi Jinping's removal. Meanwhile, China's relationship with the world is getting worse and worse. It's not just Apple. Almost all businesses are upset by China's stringent COVID policies. American companies' confidence in China has plummeted to a record low, according to the U.S.-China Business Council. Many records have been hit. Concerns about China's data and privacy rules have hit record high levels. Concerns about U.S.-China relations also at a record high. The geopolitical environment in in the region has caused record levels of pessimism. But there are good reasons that Apple concentrated so much of its production in China, all the other options simply aren't as good. For example, Vietnam is not as ideal because the country lacks people. Vietnam's population is far smaller than China's, obviously. It can have small manufacturing sites with 60,000 people. Meanwhile, China has mega sites with hundreds of thousands of people. And for example, India, on the other hand, does have a large population, but the Indian government makes it very hard for, people, for, for Apple to do anything there. The country doesn't have consistent rules, and each different region gives Apple a hard time in different ways. Apple has put so much into China that just relocating 10% of its operations there could take almost a decade. Apple is now heading towards a less centralized system where it will have more operations in different regions. Apple does have some operations in the U.S. Last year, 48 of its 180 suppliers had moved some operations to the U.S., but it's a, it's a very small portion of its total operations. The chief technology officer of Integral, Burton Kelso, doesn't believe Apple will move much of its operations back home anytime soon. The manpower 
the amount of factories that they have available overseas, America just can't match it. So when you've got workers that are willing to work below what we have as minimum wage and are able to produce semiconductor and other products quickly, America is just not a good option for Apple because if they manufactured most of their products here in the United States, you would see a, a large increase of the price of those items. America's high wages, labor laws, and unions make it far harder for Apple to hit its profit goals. As Steve Jobs once reportedly told President Obama, those jobs aren't coming back. And as tensions between the United States and China remain high, the U.S. unveils its latest piece of military equipment. It's the B-21 Raider. It's a new high-tech stealth bomber designed to launch nuclear weapons even without a crew on board. This is the first time in more than 30 years that a new U.S. bomber has, has been publicly unveiled. It's built by Northrop Grumman. It can fire both nuclear and conventional weapons. And because of long-range and mid-air refueling capabilities, it can deliver nuclear weapons around the world. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin unveiled the bomber in California. Fifty years of advances in low-observable technology have gone into this aircraft. And even the most sophisticated air defense systems will struggle to detect a B-21 in the sky. Their aircraft is part of the Pentagon's answer to a potential future conflict with China. China is on track to have 1,500 nuclear weapons by 2035. The country's gains in hypersonics, cyber warfare, and space capabilities present challenges to U.S. national security and the free world. Secretary Austin said the aircraft is a symbol of the fighting spirit that former President Reagan spoke of. It's the embodiment of America's determination to defend the republic that we all love. And it's a testament to our strategy of deterrence with the capabilities to back it up. Each aircraft costs about $700 million to build. The Air Force plans to buy at least 100 of them. The first flight won't be until 2023. And we're going to take a short break now, but if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, New York City looking for someone to take care of its rat problem. The Big Apple's offering six figures to do the job. And having trouble finding gifts to buy your friends and family? We have some ideas for this holiday season. That and more coming up on NTD Business. So I'm sure you've heard of shrinkflation and maybe greedflation before, but here's another one to add to your vocabulary, tipflation. In this next story, we tell you what's behind the trend and when you should tip and when you should skip. 
I actually prefer not to call it tipflation, but a tipping invasion. It's the unwelcome shopping surprise that a social media buzzing. 18% gratuity is already included in the bill. Girl, it's water. Tips, a staple of the service industry now extending far beyond. In the drive-thru and they've been asking for a tip. On TikTok, you'll quickly find folks aren't too pleased about it. Ordering it online myself. Says, would you like to add a tip at the bottom? A tip? That's a little too crazy for me, and I refuse. So what's the deal? The wage moving I see becoming more widespread. Professor Depayan Biswas has studied tipping for a decade. He says this new tipping trend started with the boom of digital kiosks. Then the pandemic plus inflation. Who added fuel to that fire. More businesses allowing tips to make jobs more lucrative at your expense. That's my biggest worry, that it might actually affect the industry where it really matters the most. This is Mr. Manners. The very concept of a tip is that we are rewarding a service employee who is being paid less than minimum wage. Thomas Farley has a tip without hesitation list, and just three people make the cut servers, bartenders, and washroom attendants. I really wonder, where's the line? It is accelerated beyond all of our wildest nightmares. To avoid tipping, pay cash. But if plastic is a must. You need to own your position. You do not need to feel guilty about it. There's power in saying no. Now that's worth a tip. And this next segment is a little help and inspiration for those who can't decide what to get friends and family this holiday season. NTD's Char Marshall brings us some of this year's most popular gifts. If you have no clue what to buy your friends, relatives, or co-workers for holiday gifts, well, here's what people are looking for, based on the word on the street and the best-selling items on Amazon for 2022. Asked people in New York City's Times Square what holiday gift they'd like to receive that was under $100 from someone like a co-worker or a friend. Probably like a good pair of leggings, like workout leggings. <laughs> you caught me at the right time because I'm with somebody that might be able to buy me a gift. But, see, under 100 bucks. I would say, as I've gotten into my 30s, I would love a nice bartender-like cocktail mixing uh, set to have at my house. Under $100, a good pair of tennis shoes. Then I asked what type of gift they'd like to receive that would cost over $100. A vacation, a trip, yeah. like good. airfare money, yeah, yeah. over 100 bucks. <laughs> uh, maybe some David Yurman, like the like rings. Probably doing some sort of trip or experience like going skiing or off to the beach or somewhere. About 55% of customers start their online shopping searches on Amazon, according to SellerApp.com. On Amazon, the top-selling departments after gift cards were electronics, camera and photo, and video games. Here are this year's top three most bought items in those categories. For electronics, it's the Fire TV Stick 4K, Apple AirPods wireless earbuds, and the Echo Dot smart speaker with Alexa. In camera and photo, there's the Blink Mini security camera, Fuji Instant Photo Film, and Ring Floodlight with motion-activated camera. And in video games, the Nintendo Switch takes all three best-seller spots. And if you can make crafts, cook, or follow a recipe, homemade food and gifts have that nice personal touch. Just don't forget to secretly find out food allergies ahead of time. Sean Marshall, NTD News. Are you highly motivated and somewhat bloodthirsty? Well, you might be the person New York City is looking for. A warning though, this video has to, has to do with rats. The Big Apple's notorious problem with rats needs a czar. 
So the job listing is out for a director of rodent mitigation. Qualifications include stamina and stagecraft, and a swashbuckling attitude along with a general aura of badassery. New York says the perfect candidate will need to collaborate well with government departments, including health, parks, housing, sanitation, and others. The pay to take on the job as the city's top rat killer is between $120,000 to $170,000 a year. And urban legend has it the city has more rats than people, over 8 million. But one study in the last decade put the number at around 2 million. A UPS delivery driver's reaction to seeing snacks on a customer's doorstep has gone viral on social media. Tony Hilson Barnett says she and her husband started leaving snacks for delivery drivers during the holidays three years ago. Ever since the height of the pandemic, they have been more reliant on deliveries and wanted to show their appreciation. Take a look at the driver's reaction here. Oh my God! You guys are the best. I gotta take a snapshot of this. Oh, Capri Suns are my favorite. Yes. Oh, dude, these, um, the stop that I'm at, look, thank you for the deliveries. You make our holiday shopping so easy. Please take snacks for the red. <laughs> the snacks have become a tradition in their Louisville, Kentucky neighborhood, and the homeowners hope more people will follow their example. And that's all the stories from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter if you're there. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at That's all for today. Thank you for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.